Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Done a lot of baseball and football for the first couple of hours. Checked in on the... Cleveland Browns as part of our Behind Enemy Lines segment as the Jets and Brownies will square off on Sunday. Remember, you can hear it right here on 98.7 beginning at 11 a.m. Our coverage with Greg Buttle and myself on the pregame show. Giants, of course, take on Carolina. We'll talk to somebody on the Carolina side of things tomorrow. We'll also chat with our pal Jordan Renan also on Thursday. Remember, going to be a big football Thursday show for us tomorrow night because we're not going to have a football Friday show. Uh, I'll be in for Greeny on Friday morning at 10 a.m. So you'll be able to hear the show here, but we won't have our normal 7 o'clock show on Friday night. So we're going to do the best we can to uh, replicate a Friday on a Thursday. So you want to stay tuned for that, as I know that you will. So today, you know, we kind of let this thing kind of go, right? We've cleared our conscience from it over the last couple of weeks. You know, I think the fact that football was starting was maybe something that helped in those regards. But all summer long, I mean, we were keeping one eye on the Donovan Mitchell rumors and will the Knicks be able to get him from Utah and how much are the Jazz going to want in return and does R.J. Barrett have to be part of the package and will you give up R.J. Barrett, should you give up R.J. Barrett? And then a couple of weeks ago, we were all surprised that he got traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, like and we were led to believe that Cleveland was out, that they weren't in the mix any longer. That if he was going to get traded, it wasn't going to be a place like Cleveland because they had pulled out. They said enough is enough. Caught us all by surprise. And then you hear all these different rumors about whether the Knicks were really in and, you know, whether that they were the one that maybe didn't want to offer as much as they should have and these different reports and possibilities. It makes your head spin. So today was the first time that we got a chance to actually hear from Donovan Mitchell himself. And he had his introductory press conference in Cleveland with the Cavaliers, and he spoke about this Cavalier team that he is now certainly a central figure on. When I first found out, I was, I was golfing. So that report is true. I was golfing, and um, I was running around crazy, mainly, mainly, in fact, when I figured out, you know, who we kept in, in the deal because I didn't, I didn't know who was in the trade. I just knew I was trading, and when I found out we kept DG and J.A. and Ev and Karras and all these guys, man, I was like, wow, like, we got a talented group, you know, a team that was third in the East, and then and obviously injuries is, came about, and, you know, that was before I got here, you know, and now we can only look to do more and better and just continue to continue to win and build, and, you know, I'm truly excited, you know, just to be a part of this organization, to be here in the city, you know, just to have fun, you know, playing basketball, playing with a group of guys who really want to win and who really want to continue to build and you know we're young but we're, we're we're hungry and we're ready it's weird saying i'm probably one of the older guys on the team <laughs> but like i said like, we're really excited i spoke with jb spoke with kobe man we're all excited I spoke with the guys and you know we're ready to go and he said he grew up a cavalier fan i didn't know that i didn't know that he was a cavaliers fan then it got me i was like well wait a second why is he a cavaliers fan and then you're like oh yeah that's right that lebron was there once upon a time you know you forget that he's still like 
in, in life terms, a young dude. He's only 25 years old, Donovan Mitchell. So, you know, 15, 16 years ago, when he was still a kid, you had LeBron his first go-round with the Cavaliers. So it's easy to see why he jumped on the bandwagon and became a Cavalier fan. Even though back then the Knicks, I don't think, were that bad, right? They were still kind of somewhat competitive during those days. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but what about the Nick rumors? And what about New York? And what about all the hype about him coming home and, you know, the place that, let's be honest, he should have been drafted to when he came out of Louisville. But instead, you know, they went another direction. But what was his interest in going to New York this summer? You know, all summer, I, I wouldn't say much, but, you know, for me, it was once Rudy got traded, you know, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I think we all did, you know, and I think we understood we had a, we had a good run. I kind of had a feeling I was going to get moved. I, like I said, I thought it was New York. I'm not going to lie to y'all, but, you know, and obviously, who doesn't want to be home next next to their mom, you know? And I've, been, I've lived at home since I was, like, in eighth grade. I've been at boarding school and whatnot, so it would have been nice. But, you know, like I said, for me, once I found out I got traded and what we came, what we're going into, like, that trumped everything for me. You know, I'm like I said, I'm truly excited to be here, to be a part of this group, to be a part of this city. Y'all saw I had the Cavs jersey on when I was, like, five, <laughs> six, whatever it was. But, look, I was a LeBron fan, but I was a Cleveland fan like you know my man's over there saying Cleveland Cavaliers like I was saying that at the house like you know what I mean so it's crazy how life comes full circle and you know being able to be a part of that you know the, between the fire and the intros like I, I remember the little things I told my love playing in this arena you know so to be here you know I'm, I'm I'm truly excited I mean look that's the reality and he's had some time to digest it and I, I mean how many weeks has it been since the trade went down what at least two three weeks right at least a couple of weeks. So, I mean, he's you know had plenty of time to prepare these remarks. Not to say that he's lying and that he wasn't a Cav fan when he was a kid or anything like that. But I wonder if he would have the same response if you were interviewing him like the day after the trade. Where he probably had, his, as he said, his heart set on going back to New York. And I don't think that's being insulting in any way of the Cavaliers or their organization. I mean, who wouldn't want to go play home? Right? Who wouldn't want to be closer to what's comfortable for them and what they're used to? There's, there's nothing wrong with that. And I thought it was really interesting, not just those comments, but then he sat down with Brian Windhorst on NBA Today on ESPN. And take a listen to this response. Obviously, the Knicks were a team that everybody thought was going to... I mean, the whole league. It wasn't even like a rumor. It was just sort of reality. The Knicks had all these picks. We knew the Jazz wanted picks. How close do you think you were, did you feel you were to being a New York Knicks? Very close. I won't say more than that but I, I I know a little bit more than most but definitely very close and you know it didn't happen and you know God has a plan for everything and like I said when I found out I was traded here I was very excited you know with the group we have with the talent we have we're young we've got a lot of talent here and a lot of things we can do and build upon but you know I was truly excited when I got traded here but we were it was it was close it was close to happen well God has a plan right but unfortunately God never told Leon Rose or else he called Leon and he might have been out to lunch or he was taking a nap or he was, you know, on the, the Peloton or something. I don't know. But this should have happened. I mean, it, guys, it still should have happened. I know we spent tons of time talking about this, but how didn't it happen? Especially when you consider that RJ didn't have to be part of the damn deal. Like, I'm still salty over it. I'm still salty. And those draft picks better be used... To go out there and get yourself a bona fide superstar player that's going to be wearing this city's uniform in the next couple of years. Because I can tell you one thing, they're not using those draft choices to go out there and draft the next NBA superstars. I mean, how often do you hit on every pick in the draft when you actually make them, right? 
Half if you're lucky, if you're lucky. So those draft choices are nothing more than chips. And like we told you that night, they better take each and every one of those draft choices, which they wanted to keep nestled away just like a squirrel does with all of his acorns. You don't want to part ways with it. You better go out there and identify some star and some difference maker on another NBA roster right now that's going to be ultimately playing basketball at Madison Square Garden. Is that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask? Because I don't care about those draft choices. Oh, you know, when we're building something, it's all about the future. It's like, yeah, they sat there and they accumulated them all to go out there and go big game hunting. And this guy still should be on the team. And look, and I understand he's not a number one and he's not a go-to score, difference maker, franchise player. I I get all that stuff. And even if they got him onto this team, there was still going to be work to do. The job was not finished. You were going to have to still go out there and even incorporate more talent before you thought this team was going to be elite and a difference maker in the Eastern Conference. But still, it would have got them on the right direction. It would have carried this progression a little bit. And instead, he's going to be in Cleveland. And what annoys me is the Cleveland team is actually good. Right? They got some players. Cleveland is easily a top five team in the Eastern Conference, if you ask me. Top five. And when you look at it from a Knicks perspective, well, what does that mean? It means that that is another team that you are going to have to contend with and not just contend with. It's another team that you're going to have to jump over in your path to relevancy or your quest for relevancy. And how long has that been going on right now with this franchise? I mean, we we played you the audio, but if you go back and you get a chance a little bit later on or whenever, you go online and you check out, just look at his facial expressions. You know, when Brian Windhorst asked him that question, and you heard what he said, You know, I'm not going to say any more than that. He knows some things. Yeah, it was like close to happening. But the Knicks just did not want to ultimately give what it took to pull the trigger. And he probably was already starting to make plans and thinking, all right, hey, I'm going home. I'm going back to New York. The dream has come true. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. So you're going to have to settle for Jalen Brunson and cap space and draft choices. That's what you have to look forward to if you're a Knicks fan. I, I Again, I still think it should have happened. You could tell me I'm wrong. You might feel differently. I know we had our talks about it a few weeks ago after this whole thing went down, but it just it doesn't make me feel any better. You know, I'd be a lot more pumped about this basketball season if you told me that Donovan Mitchell was going to be wearing a Knicks uniform. Donovan Mitchell and R.J. Barrett and Jalen Brunson and maybe a motivated Julius Randle. Throw in Mitchell Robinson. I mean, that's not a bad starting five, guys. Garden would be buzzing. That place would be electric. You never know what could happen on any given night. And more importantly, that team would be fun to watch. I don't care about the imperfections. I know defensively they'd be like Swiss cheese. I don't care. It's not about a championship just yet, but this team would be fun. Exciting. But now that's going to be Cleveland. You want to go watch this group? You go to Cleveland. Watch them play. They'll be fun. They'll be exciting. But we'll have our draft choices. Maybe they can leave some seats at the end of the bench this year, too. 
for all the home games. Like five empty seats for all those first-round draft choices that they still have. Right? Or maybe you could, like, you know, flash back to a couple of years ago. You have, like, cardboard cutouts. And that could be first-round draft pick one, first-round draft pick two, and you could put the year and tell them, you know, right, which ones are protected and unprotected and who this pick belongs to and all those different things. That's what you could do with the, the, all the draft picks. Make them cardboard cutouts. Think about it. That was the last time the Knicks were actually good, right? That year with the with, with the cardboard cutouts. They were the four seed. <laughs> oh. oh, man. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. I got more to say on this Aaron Judge thing. And not even so much like the, the MVP conversation is cut and dry as far as I'm concerned. Enough is enough with the MVP stuff. But it still means that there's a possibility of Armageddon come the offseason. And you know what I'm referring to. It's maybe, just maybe, Aaron Judge playing for another team next year. Because he is earning major, major bank with how well he's performing this season. Could it really happen? Could it really and truly possibly ever come to fruition? Aaron Judge wearing another team's uniform. We'll talk about that when we return. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 6-2 Cubbies over the Mets in the seventh inning. Well, I tell you, you imagine the Atlanta Braves right now? Braves are on a plane flying back from the West Coast, flying home. And they probably, you know, maybe they're watching the Met game, maybe they're not, maybe they're getting score updates. They're probably laughing, laughing. It's like, geez, we go through our worst stretch of baseball probably of the season, or certainly since June, losing four out of five, and yet the Mets can't even go out there, and they're getting embarrassed by the Cubs. I mean, it's like they're, they're, they're begging them to take this division, begging them. And you know what? The Braves will be obliged, trust me. Braves will take them up on that opportunity if this crap continues. Yankees have righted their ship. They got a 4-1 lead in the seventh tonight. No home run for Aaron Judge yet, but the night is still young. Who knows? Anything is possible. Does have a hit and a walk so far this evening for the Bombers. Stanton's got the golden sombrero, though. He's got four strikeouts, uh, an 0-4 for for the number 2 hitter in the Yankees lineup. Yeah, it happens. But you know what? I know that the Yankees are eventually going to get healthier here in a little bit. I would still roll out this batting order. You know, Judge 1, Stanton 2, it has worked. It has worked because at the very least, you know, you saw it last night, for example, in in the extra innings. 
Judge gets on base or you issue a pass to Judge or whatever, guess what? Then here comes Stanton. And then you're going to be in a position where you don't want to pitch to him with runners on base. And then you're faced with a tough decision if you're the opposing manager. And now especially, look happens when you have Glaber batting behind Stanton. If Glaber is going to continue to turn this thing around, and I'm not even talking about hitting Little League home runs like he did tonight, but just producing and being a legit threat with the bat, that's not too much to ask. All things coming up Yankees for this baseball team right now. But, you know, we were talking about Judge a little bit earlier on in the show. And it's not even so much the chase for history anymore and the 57 home runs that he has. And, look, he's going he's gonna to pass Maris. He's going to pass him. He's essentially got to, what, hit one every four games the rest of the season and he'll find a way to get it done? But what about after the season, right? What happens at the end of the year if somehow, some way, the judge is wearing a different uniform? You know, and I was on with the guys a little bit earlier, like, it's it's funny that Judge, I think, has approached this thing tremendously as a soon-to-be free agent. Like, from a business sense, not only did he turn down the Yankee offer way back at the beginning of the year, and gone out there and had a season for the ages, but he's answering every single question about free agency like he's not committed to one place at all. And certainly not with the Yankees. Remember, last night they asked him a question about the Red Sox, of all people. The Red Sox! Which would be like a knife through the heart of Yankee fans if Aaron Judge was wearing a Red Sox uniform next year. I mean, like, we could talk about all the possibilities of, like, if if Judge is going to be on a different team, you could say, you know, Mets, Red Sox, teams that can realistically afford them. You know, you throw the Giants in there. I mean, the Giants could spend money when push comes to shove. They could. Question is, will they? Um, I don't think he'd go to the Dodgers. But hands down, the two that would ruffle the feathers of Yankee fans would be Mets and Red Sox, and I think Red Sox over Mets. You can't have Aaron Judge wearing a Red Sox uniform. I mean, I still probably believe that fans would absolutely lose their you-know-what if he's in Boston as opposed to even wearing orange and blue across town. Because you got to deal with the Red Sox more closely than, of course, you deal with the Mets. You know, you're both competing for the same thing in that division and that division crown. But let's say, like, it happens, right? Let, 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 let's say that you entertain the idea of him maybe playing this whole thing out and going to the highest bidder come the winter. Buster Olney, of course, ESPN Baseball insider was on Greeny earlier today and he was asked will Aaron Judge be a Yankee next year I think like most people in baseball and I've gone back and forth in this during the year that he will find his way back to the Yankees but I will say this I believe the Yankees are going to remain disciplined they're not going to wave the white flag and suddenly offer him a hundred million dollars more than the 213 and a half they offered him back in April and the question the opportunity will be there for some owner of another team maybe it's the Giants to jump in and say you know what we want that guy to be the face of our franchise here's 350 million dollars if the Yankees do that 
that, then I think the situation is going to be a lot like when Albert Pujols left the Cardinals. We all assumed Albert would go back to St. Louis. And you know what? He landed with the Angels because Artie Moreno blew their offer out of the water. That opportunity will be there for some team in the wintertime. And there are a couple of teams, as we mentioned, and I agree with Buster, that could give him a check that is going to outnumber and outdistance from whatever offer the Yankees are going to remain dead set in their ways. Like, I could see the Yankees drawing a line in the sand and saying, here's our final offer, take it or leave it. Are they going to have to up the offer than, like you said, the 213 that they put forward before the year? Yeah, of course, and they're going to. But the tricky thing about Judge is I'm sure that the Yankees, as well as all these other teams, they're probably looking at that age and considering where he is at this point in his career. You know, he's 30 years old. He's going to be 31 next April. So how long of a commitment are you talking about giving this guy realistically? I mean, you, you think he's getting a seven-year deal? You think he's, he's not, I don't think he's getting a 10-year deal. I don't think anybody's giving him a decade. If they do, it would be moronic. Because remember, they gave Albert Pujols. They gave Albert Pujols a 10-year deal with the Angels, but how did that work out? And also, on top of that, Artie Moreno kicked in a personal services contract for when his playing career is over. He's going to go to the Angels and, you know, they're going to pay him like a couple of million bucks a year or whatever it is to kind of be like Mr. Angel ambassador for a few seasons. I forgot how many years that thing uh, was supposed to extend to. But it turned out that they didn't even get to the end of that contract. You know, that Pujols was at a point where he was breaking down and he wasn't really helping the team on the field to where they, you know, wanted to cut his playing time. Pujols didn't take to that very kindly, and they decided to go their separate ways. I would be shocked, and not to mention the fact that long-term deals to that length don't ever work out. You know, I, I think it's moronic for teams, even like what the Mets did with Francisco Lindor, and Francisco Lindor is in 30, but they gave him, what, a 10-year deal, Padres gave Tatis an astronomical contract, and you see how that's played itself out already here over the first couple of seasons. Like, I just don't understand why you have to buy out this entire guy's career knowing full well that at the back end of it, you're not going to be getting that bang for your buck. It's just, it's not smart business. And with Judge, he's probably going to want an eighth year. Like, that might be the year that could be a deal breaker for somebody. You know, if you're 30 years of age, somebody gives you, you know, maybe a seven-year deal plus an option. Because then you're talking about somebody who will only be 38 when it's all said and done. You would like to think that he could stay upright, he could be durable, he could produce, even though he's had injury concerns in his career, right? This year he's been in the lineup. This year he's played, and, and my goodness, right? You talk about the perfect opportunity and the perfect time it's what he's done this season. Best ability availability. Like, what would happen if Aaron Judge was injured this year, like he had been in previous seasons? He wouldn't be putting up the numbers he's putting up. So we wouldn't be sitting here and talking about the possibility of him realistically going to another team. And how serious would the bidding be from outside clubs if Judge had an injury plague season in 2022? Would they still look at him the same way? Or do they think that maybe this is a guy that, you know, if he can just stay on the field, he's going to produce and he's going to go out there and be one of the most feared hitters of baseball like he's been this season? Michael had some insight earlier today about what type of money and what type of offer 
he's thinking his current team will provide. With Judge, I don't know if people are sure one way or the other. He has not tipped his hand. He'd be a great poker player because he does not have a tell. Every time you think he's about to give you a tell, he doesn't give it to you. Like somebody asked him yesterday after the game, would you consider playing for the Red Sox? And he laughed. He said, we'll talk about all that at the end of the season. He doesn't have a tell. He has not tipped his hand. My personal feeling, no one's getting a discount. No. And he's going to go the place that pays him the most. And I'm hearing a lot lately, you know, he probably wants to play on the West Coast because that's where he's from. To me, that's the Peyton Manning signing with the Dolphins because he has a home out there. All of that stuff is noise. I wouldn't listen to that at all. I think the team that pays him the most money is going to get him. You know what's funny? We were talking a little bit earlier about the Barry Bonds thing and how Judge like still considers like Bonds the home run king. Like you wonder if like deep down maybe he kind of like knows which way he's going and he wants to not say anything derogatory about the Giants because he's keeping the door open possibly of maybe signing with them. Like that's this whole like hey, I'm going to leave the door open for everybody and he's playing this thing perfectly from a business standpoint. He's not ruling out anybody. I mean, shoot, if you asked Aaron Judge about the Mets, he'd probably say, "Oh, well, you know what? They got some passionate fans. It's still New York. I wouldn't have to move." I think it's obvious Aaron Judge wants to get paid. He wants to get paid because, you know, there was one time earlier this year, and and I called him out on it, where he kind of contradicted himself, and he said, you know, it's not about, you know, money is not what makes you comfortable. You know, sometimes the comfort level is more important than money. Well, if that's the case, dude, then why did you turn down the $213 million? You mean you couldn't live off of two thirteen? You're comfortable here in New York, right? This is where you played your entire career. So you should already be established. You should already be okay, but two thirteen isn't good enough? Because if you're basing it off of a comfort level and a fit there, why didn't you just re-sign with the Yankees for two thirteen? And when you hear things like that, that's what allows my mind to wander, for example, and think that, all right, there's just, there's a legit possibility that he might leave. And how would you take it as a Yankee fan? Like, how would you how would you deal with the prospect of Aaron Judge wearing another uniform? I, I'll, I'll give you some comparisons, and I'll give you my thoughts at 800-919-3776 as soon as we come back. Remember, we're going until 10 o'clock tonight. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I know you don't want to think about it, just planting the idea in your head of, like, Judge possibly wearing another uniform. But it's real. I, 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 you know, did you ever think? I know that 
it's not necessarily exactly the same thing, but at least it's in the same ballpark. Robinson Cano left as a free agent. He went to Seattle. Nobody thought that the Yankees were going to let him go away because back then Yankees were actually, you know, spending a lot more money probably than you do now. And he left. Mariners overpaid him, and it was an awful deal for them. We know that, and that one actually looked good for the Yankees in the long run. But this is different. You know, this guy is the face of the franchise. Cano wasn't. Cano was a young, you know, dynamic player that was coming into his prime, but he wasn't the face of the Yankees like Aaron judges. Albert Pujols, we talked about him. When Albert Pujols left the Cardinals, he had just left off of a World Series, right? They won the World Series in 2011, and then that offseason he signed with the Angels. He had won them a couple of championships, right? He had been there for a while. You know, Freddie Freeman, he was the face of the Atlanta Braves for the last decade. Won them a championship last year. And then he left to go sign with the Dodgers. And, you know, there was a lot of back and forth as to, you know, how much they really offered, how much didn't they offer, did they lowball them, and whatnot. But, and I remember asking a lot of people and doing shows over on the baseball channel and talking to people, you know, close to the situation there with the Braves. And did the fact that the Braves were coming off of a championship, did that soften the blow for losing the face of the franchise in Freeman? And, and most answers I got were, yeah. Like, oh, you just won a World Series. I mean, like, life is not all that bad. You're on top of the world. And I'm sure that if you ask the fan, they would probably rather, if you can give them a choice, and say, okay, would you rather still want Freddie Freeman on your team or would you want to win a world championship? They'd probably take the championship. Championships last forever. Players get old, they got to retire. You know that. So it's the same thing with the Yankees. Now, I don't think that the Yanks have a great shot of winning a World Series this year. Like, I, I don't think they're even going to get to the World Series in the American League because the Astros are still better. But let's just say, like, for argument's sake, if they somehow win a championship this year and then Judge goes and signs with whoever, San Francisco, do you miss him a little bit less because you at least got that title? I think so. Right? I, I mean, we got to get there first, but I, I would think that would be in play. And then if they have the reunion of the 2022 World Series champions with the Yankees, like the 10-year reunion, the 20-year reunion, Judge is going to come back, and he's probably going to get the loudest ovation because he was probably the best player on that team. What, are you going to boo him? Because he left? Judge isn't going to be the one that's going to be made out to be the bad guy. It's still going to come down to the front office and the ownership because Yankee fans... A, are not big fans of the general manager, and now all of a sudden they're not big fans of ownership. Every time they've had one of these ceremonies, whether it's the Jeter thing, whether it's the whatever, when they introduce Cashman, they introduce Hal Steinbrenner, people, they boo. So Judge walks, they're going to pin this on the franchise, not the player. Anthony is in the mail truck. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Anthony? Dan, how are we doing, brother? Good, bro. What's going on? So, nothing much. So, I have a point on Garrett Cole, but I, I want to piggyback off of what you just said with uh, yeah. Aaron Judge. I believe that if Aaron Judge and the Yankees do win a championship this year, I think it would be a lot easier for them to walk away. But being that I don't see it, and neither do you, them winning a world uh, championship this season, even though, you know, the AL, it's the Astros and the Yankees and everyone else. Uh, everyone knows that. Um, but that being said, I think that, if he goes, there's two teams obvious, two obvious teams 
that if he goes to, it's going to hurt a lot more than going to San Francisco, going to play back home. If he goes to the Red Sox or if he goes to the Mets, I think that Yankee fans are going to despise the guy. Now, when Robinson Cano left in 2013, I don't think that it was even in the same stratosphere as losing Judge would be now. Um, that's just my opinion. I, I don't. I don't see Robinson Cano, you know, being the next captain of the Yankees. You know what I mean? I just right. feel like there's so there's so much more of a story with Aaron Judge here being homegrown. You know, Cano was too, but you know, Cano was half the player that Aaron Judge. And is. by the way, let, let me let me doing, let me just say this real quick, Anthony. And I'm shocked. I just went back and looked it up, and, and like I said, I had forgotten. I didn't realize when Cano left, he was also 30 years old. I thought he was younger, but that's I, I, I completely misread that one. Yeah, they had they had Ichiro on that team. I, I actually looked it up as well before I called. They had Ichiro, Travis Hafner. They had all these you know older players. Travis as well. Hafner. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you want to know another name, and I'll stop here. Lyle Overbay. Lyle Overbay. There. there you go. <laughs> So, Lyle Overbay um, was always a good player, like earlier in his career when he was on Milwaukee and he was in Arizona. He was a nice sweet-swinging lefty first baseman in the National League, and I said, but he was playing on crappy teams, and I was like, I wish he gets a chance on a big stage, but then injuries took a hold and he wasn't the same player. But for a while there, Lyle Overbay was a good player. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, now, getting to my Garrett Cole point, um, just a quick point, and, and I'll, I'll hang up and let you uh, uh, talk about it. I yeah. appreciate you having me on. Um, so I, I, you know, I've been, I, I listen to sports talk radio every single day of my life and, you know, the app is amazing. Um, I hear so many people saying that Garrett Cole may not start game one. I, I don't, I can't even fathom the fact that if we're paying this guy $36 million a year and he doesn't start game one. But who would say that, theory, Anthony? Who would say that? No, I. I've I've heard a couple I've heard a couple people on the weekend shows I I I, I don't I don't really know names, yeah. um, but I've I've heard you know a couple rumblings of of uh, you know them saying that that Garrett Cole may not start because of you know his big game pressure. <laughs> I, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that and and you know just just shoot it down right now because I'm I'm fed up and sick and tired of it. Anthony, if he if, if and thanks for the phone call, my friend. If if Garrett Cole does not start game number one, he will be not literally but figuratively run out of town so fast. I mean, three hundred twenty-four million dollars. You take the ball game one. He's starting game one. Now, do you want to see him pitch better in the postseason, right? Because in this "What have you done for me lately?" world, wild card game in Boston last year was not his best performance. He's getting the ball game one. Okay, I mean, it's pretty cut and dry, especially when you look at the rest of this Yankee rotation. The only other alternative that you could make a viable case for would be Nestor, but you're not giving Nestor the ball in game one. You're giving Cole the ball. That's what you're paying him all that money for. He'll be the game one starter. Write it down. Unless somehow, some way, the Yankees fall out of first place and they got to play in the division series and they can't set the rotation or all these other, whatever. Cole is going to be the guy. Now you got to hope that he pitches like a stopper that you're paying him to be. 800-919-3776. We'll close it out with you guys on the phones. We go to 10 o'clock. Dan Gross's show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Tomorrow, huge, huge, huge. We're going to call it a football Thursday show. 
So we'll do our NFL pick. There you go. We're going to have Jordan Renan on to talk about the Giants in his weekly spot. Also, Greg Buttle, my partner on Sundays with the Jets. He'll be on to talk a little Jet football. We'll also have someone on to preview the Giants' upcoming opponent in the Carolina Panthers. Plus all of your calls. So a jam-packed Thursday night show because, again, we're not going to have a Friday show. Uh, we'll be filling in for Greeny coming up at 10 a.m. on Friday instead. Tino is in Staten Island. He is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Tino, how we doing? Dan, how are you, brother? Tino, you know, I'm doing... Nick's basketball. What's up, buddy? I love talking to you, Dan. I think you are the best, I swear. There's not a call, place that I call. Only I only call your show. I actually love your show, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Love. You how about full-blown, like, unbridled oh! love for this show? Love, Love your show, dude. You're ma- you're amazing. What you do, Listen, appreciate let's talk you. A little Jets, and then I'll, I want to spring- I want to sprinkle a little Nick because that's what I usually like to talk about. Yeah, Dan, I'm a 43 years old. Been a Jet fan since I was literally probably 10. Last time I experienced something was when Rex was a coach, and uh, I went to the AFC Championship game when we beat uh, Tom Brady, and it- and then not the championship game, the the, the one before the championship game, then division I went to game. It was negative six. Division game, I'm sorry. Division game. Then I went to go see the game when we lost in Pittsburgh. I'll never forget a negative six. That's the last time I experienced anything good with the Jets. Dan, this coach, he's getting on my last nerve. He's got to stop talking. We're suffering Jet fans. You know, you're going to take receipts. What are you taking receipts of? The L's that you keep getting every Sunday? Stop. Well, it's got, Tino, it's got to turn, though, at some point, doesn't it? It's got to turn at some point. I think you know what it is, Dan. I think he's got something against Rich Semini because Rich Semini writes a lot of articles, negative articles. But he's not like he's writing negative. He's writing what he sees. I don't. And well, he two sees things. A product on the field that doesn't win. Two things, real quick. Number one, he's got nothing against Rich. Yeah. Rich is a great guy. He's a good friend. And and as I you is. said, I, what I is Rich right? Rich is reporting what he sees. And if you're covering the Jets for the last Thank I don't you. know how many years, it's not going to be positive. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Totally agree. Listen. This team has a lot of weapons. They should be able to score more than nine points, even with Joe Flacco. They should be able to put some points on the field. But that's another story. I hope they beat Cleveland. But can I sprinkle some mix with you quick? Of course. Dan, looking forward to the season. Uh, like I said, we talked about it last year, uh, last week. I think we spoke. Grant, Grimes got to start because he's our untouchable. I'm just worried about Tibbs, Dan. I, I, he's so stubborn with the vets. We got a lot of young players that we need to keep developing, and I think we're going to shock some teams in the East this year. I really do. I wouldn't be shocked if we make it in the top seven, top eight, you know, in that in that bubble. You know, people got us out of the bubble, but I'm telling you, these guys are going to get better, and it just comes down to coaching. If they're coached well, I think they're going to do really well this year, and I'm so excited for the season. I'm really jacked for the season. You know, I'm going to call you throughout the season. You know, this is the time I like to call you. I enjoy talking to you, and I'm going to be calling you throughout the season talking Knicks basketball. You better. But, I mean, oh, yeah, I love it. And then I, my thing is, can this coach stop being stubborn and, you know, stick to stick to what's working and keep developing our young players with Opie and Grimes and, uh, and, and Toppin and Quickly? I mean, these guys have a chance to do something this season. You know yeah, what I'm so looking forward to it. I'm so jacked for the season. Tino, thanks for the call, my man. And you know what? It'll be here before you know it. You know, October, what is it? October 19th, somewhere around there. Isn't that the first game? Some, I, I think, right? So that's, what, a little over a month away. It'll be here before you know it. Here's the question about the Knicks, like, when you think about it. You talk about this group, this core, the young players. 
Thibodeau going to develop them? How long will he have a chance to develop this unit and this core and these players? And what I mean by that is not so much that the coach himself won't be there. How do we know that there's not going to be a trade made at some point where some of these youngsters are going to be a part of it? Right? How do we know? Because I don't think that they're taking this group into like the next two, three years. Remember, they already kicked the tires on Donovan Mitchell. We talked about that. Like, they're they're actively going out there trying to improve this roster. And if you want to get, you're going to have to give. And there's teams that look at the Knicks and they look at that roster and they say to themselves, hmm, what do we want? If we're in the position of wanting to get young, controllable players and that type of thing, well, you know who those guys are. It's the bench. Those are the players. And so when you're talking about developing that core and talking about guys that may or may not be here for the long term, if you really want to go in there or go out there and get a difference maker, you're going to have to part ways with some of those guys. That's the reality of the situation. Truthfully. Truthfully. All right, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. So that is pretty much going to do it for us here tonight. Uh, Larry and Gordon are coming up next, so keep it tuned to them. They will take you through the rest of the night. You'll get some post-game reaction with the Yankees and the Red Sox. That's now getting to be a little bit of a too-close-for-comfort game as we head into the uh, eighth inning there with the Yanks up by a couple of runs. Mets are hopeless. They can't beat the Cubs. Cubs are a powerhouse. I don't know what else you can say. We'll have more screaming about the Mets coming up tomorrow for sure. But we thank Tony Grossi for hopping on to talk a little Cleveland Browns. We thank Tom Bauer, Harvey Cruz, Joe Leo for producing the program tonight. And I will talk to you again tomorrow at 7 for a huge football extravaganza here on the Dan Grasso Show. Larry and Gordon are coming up next. Have yourselves a great rest of the night, everyone, on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. 